Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He is worthy. Amen. He is worthy. He's worthy of all you will give him. He is worthy yeah. this morning. Oh Lord, we just thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we thank you. We are so gracious that you would spend time with us, oh Lord. For we are truly not worthy. But your son paid the debt. He redeemed us. Lord, we've been forgiven of our sins. We're able to come into your presence, into a most holy presence. For Lord, you are holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. Oh, Lord, you are so holy. Oh, Lord, we just thank you for, for being with us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to live up to, to the righteousness and the holiness and the plans you have for us. For without your Holy Spirit, we cannot accomplish anything. But with you, Lord, all things are possible. For God, you are able to do all things. And Lord, through you, through you, Lord, we are made righteous. Amen. Through you, Lord, we were justified. Yes, Lord. Through you, Lord, we will overcome this world and spend all eternity with you. Amen. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Oh, God, he is worthy, amen? Amen. amen. This morning we're going to talk about walking in the Spirit and resisting the devil. Amen. Galatians 5, starting at verse 16, says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians 5.25 says, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Amen. And John 6.63 says, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Those are the words of Jesus. And there is a difference between living in the spirit and having the spirit fall upon you and actually walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit is a lifestyle. It is a way of having the Holy Spirit guide you all the time not just when you want him to not just when you're in trouble and you need help but every day he's the one that guides you which means you have to surrender your will to Christ and that's a very difficult thing for a lot of people because we're too prideful we think we know better John G. Lake, if you don't know who he is, he's an old-time evangelist. Healing, had a great healing ministry. He wrote this. He said, in the beginning, man's spirit was the dominant force in the world. When he sinned, his mind became dominant. Sin dethroned the spirit and crowned the intellect. But grace is restoring the spirit to its place of dominion. When man comes to realize this, he will live in the realm of the supernatural without effort. It's where we need to be. We are spiritual beings. We are not flesh and blood. 
We have been overtaken. We have been given the Holy Spirit. We have God dwelling within us, guiding us. So we thank you, Lord. James 4, 7 says this. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Sister Chris said that this morning. No, no, she stole another one of my lines. In John 3, 5, Jesus says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, all of us out here are born of water. But how many of us are born of the Spirit? When they talk about a walk in the Bible, they're talking about a way of practical living, of daily living. The Christian life is a journey, and we walk in it. And it seems to be at times we go from one hardship to another, one encounter to another. Sometimes it's like one crisis just follows another. Is it God testing to see how we'll do? Believers are supposed to walk in the Spirit if they live in the Spirit. The Spirit is what gave us life. The Spirit is what brought on the new birth. We are new creations, but that's because we were born of the Spirit. We're not new creations because we were born in the flesh again. No, we were born of the Spirit. So we talk about being born of the Spirit. I mean, most of you are all familiar with the gifts of the Spirit, with the fruit of the Spirit. You know those. Most of you understand the manifestation of the Spirit. You've seen it. You've watched it. Some of you have been involved in the manifestations that manifested over you. Some of you are very familiar with an anointing of the Spirit. Some of you and most of you believe and know what praying in the Spirit means. Because Paul tells us we give he, each have a prayer language. So we know what praying in the Spirit means. You understand the anointing, but very, very few understand the walk in the Spirit. Why? Because it means that we yield our control and we follow God's. We yield totally to God. We commit every decision to God. We follow His lead. We allow him to be the influence over us. Walking in the spirit is opposite of resisting the spirit or going against God, becoming disobedient to God. You're all familiar with influencers. All of you that go on social media See, Amazon influencers, Macy's influencers, influencers from every line. There's always people trying to influence you to thinking the way they think. Politicians do it all the time. Your friends do it. You want to do one thing and your friend tries to persuade you to do it the way they want it done. Or what they think is best for you. They try to influence you. Psalm 1.1 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits the seat of the scornful. Because if you're listening to anyone other than God, that's who you're listening to. That's it. Jesus told us in John 1426, he said, he's going to send you the Holy Spirit. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, 
He will teach you all things. And to bring remembrance to all things I said to you. Well, you know what Jesus says because you have a Bible. And if you can read it, you can read his words, you can read his teachings. Some of you have the ability to pray and you hear from God. He touches your hearts. He may even speak to some of you audibly. He may give you a vision. But he's there to guide you. The Holy Spirit has got to be your influencer. The problem is that becomes a lifestyle. So now you have to surrender your will to God. You have to be obedient to God. Now you live under the government of the Holy Spirit. Because we say we've surrendered our life to Jesus. He's our Savior. But he's also our Lord. Amen. And that's the tough part. Because the Lord governs over you. You bow down and say, yes, my Lord. Thank you, my Lord. This is who the Holy Spirit is. It becomes our will versus God's will. And some of us, I'm very stubborn at times, and some of you are real hard heads at times too. So you can understand that your will against God's will, as my wife says, it is like two stones. Boom, boom. You need to surrender to God. The Holy Spirit in Scripture said He abides in you. And if He abides in you, He gives you the mind of Christ. You were told by Paul that there'd be a renewing of your mind, a cleansing of your mind. You have to get rid of all those old things that's part of your transformation. All those old thoughts, all those things of guilt, all the ways you used to do things. Because now you have to do it the way the Holy Spirit wants you to do it. It's not your will be done. It's God's will be done. You have no will of your own. This is the issue that people have so much problem with, especially in the United States. Because we all have that Frank Sinatra mentality. I did it my way. Well, how'd that work out for you? I mean, I could look at each and every one of you and pick out things where you made decisions on your own that didn't work at all. They backfired on you. They caused you heartache. Some of you, it almost, they almost killed because of the decisions you made. It just drug you down. Do it God's way. Amen. He said he had a plan for you when you were Amen. still in the womb. Yes. One of you sitting out here may have been president of the United States or president of the Philippines, but you didn't do what God told you to do. You did what you wanted to do. So now you're sitting here listening to me. The Holy Spirit has the mind of Christ, Amen. the mind of God. Yes. It is the third person of the triune Godhead. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. Amen. You know, Jesus walked entirely under the will of his Father. There isn't a one of us in this place that can say we walked entirely in the will of God. Not a one of us. 
But Jesus says in five, John 5, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does in like manner. In John 12, he says, For I have not spoken to you on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. God told him what to say. God told him how to speak. And he says, I know that this command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, I so speak to you. Jesus tells you exactly what the Father told him. He does exactly what the Father tells him to do. He totally surrendered himself to the Father. That's where we need to go. Jesus is only doing what the Father told him to do. So the question becomes, what makes you think you know better? What gives you the attitude that you know better than God? Did you wake up one morning and just say, well, God, you're, you're wrong here, God. I know what's right. Pride. It's pride that gets you. It's your own what you think your own self-worth is worth. Chemically speaking, your body is worth about 98 cents. With inflation, it might be a dollar twenty now. But to God, you are so precious. You are so, so precious that he sent his son to pay a debt that you could never pay on your own. That's how much God thinks of you. But to the world, you're nothing. You're only as good as your last day. Lucifer thought he knew better. He thought he deserved better. And so did some of the angels that hung out with him. God said, well, I've had enough of you. They're gone. He threw them right out of heaven. I don't ever want to get thrown out of heaven. I'm doing all I can to get in there. I'm going to live. I'm going to listen to God. And whether I agree with what he tells me to do or not, I'm going to do it. And believe me, there's things he's told me to do that have been very difficult. Very difficult. There's people that he's had me speak to and things I've had to change that I didn't want to. But God told me I had to. So I did. I mean, the Holy Spirit you need to go to to make these decisions. I mean, you don't need to ask the Holy Spirit what clothes to wear. You don't need to ask him what to have for breakfast. But sometimes, even when you're going on a trip, you need to ask him what roads to take. There's many a time that I've been driving down the road and the Holy Spirit said, get off at this exit. We're turned here. And I end up doing it and find out I... I miss an accident or I miss a delay. I remember the one time I didn't listen to him. I was on 95 and there was an accident down the road and we were stuck for three hours. So it pays to, to listen to God. The Holy Spirit didn't come here to guide you into some bad thing. He has your best interests at heart. He knows what God wants for your life. So he's trying to get you there. So there are decisions. There's a lot of decisions you make. What cars to buy, what houses to live in, what jobs to take, 
what people to talk to, what people to let be friends, what people to cast out of your lives. Because each and every one of you either have people in your life right now that you need to get rid of, or you've had people in your life that you've gotten rid of because they're just not doing you any good. They're coming against God. And that's a hard thing sometimes, but you've got to do that. Cast them off. Those decisions that we make consulting the Holy Spirit. You'll do it if you're walking with the Holy Spirit. Remember God told Moses he would go with him? Moses said, I'm not, I'm not taking these people out of Egypt. I'm not taking them out of bondage. I'm not taking them out of slavery. I'm not doing anything with them. Unless you go with me, God. Amen. Some of you need to go to work in the morning and get up and say, God, come with me as I drive to work. Come with me as I go through the day, Lord. Amen. Because there may be an encounter Amen. that God has for you. Amen. Lord, help me today. God kept his promise. To Moses, he went with him. The cloud by day and the fire by night. The Israelites, though, they were very disobedient to God. They committed adultery, fornication. They made golden images. They worshipped all kinds of crazy things. They had idols everywhere. And believe it or not, that goes on in every single church in this country. There's adultery. There's fornication. There's idol worship. It's a shame, but it happens. Why? Because we don't surrender to the Holy Spirit. We surrender to the flesh. But regardless of that, regardless of Israel's disobedience, God still kept his promise to Moses. Amen. He did not leave Moses. He did not leave the Israelites. He came down and he put that cloud right on that tent of meetings, right on that tabernacle. And if that cloud stayed there for two days, the Israelites stayed there for two days. And then when the cloud raised up and moved, they moved. Amen. It was the only thing they were really obedient in is following because Moses led him. Moses wouldn't go without God, but when God moved, Moses moved. Amen. Guys, we have a cloud. You have your own cloud. Acts chapter 2, verse 3 said, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each one of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That fire lands on you. That fire is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on you. And it says, it's set upon them. But in the Greek, what it says is it entered into them. It became part of them. And if you have the Holy Spirit in you, it's part of you. Amen. So now you have to think, okay, now i got God with me. How do we turn him off if I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing? How do I turn him off if I go someplace I shouldn't be going? You can't. The Spirit leaves you. Because it won't do that. The Spirit won't sin against the Father. It will depart from you. And now you have no more Spirit. No more Holy Spirit. You're going to have to restore and get Him back. That Holy Spirit engulfed them. It filled them. Scripture says the Holy Spirit abides in you and you abide in it. 
So do you? Is the Holy Spirit abiding in you? Romans 8 11 says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, Amen. he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. Amen. He's giving you life. Your new life is the same spirit that entered Jesus as he walked out that tomb. The same one. 1 John chapter 4 says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us the spirit. So the question becomes, do you have the spirit? Do you have the spirit? Today, at this very moment, those who have called upon the name of Jesus and have received the Holy Spirit, you people have become temples of the Holy Spirit. You've become your own tabernacle. You carry it with you wherever you go. Amen. You are a temple of the Most High God. You are a temple. You have the very deity of God dwelling in you. God himself dwelling inside you. You have a cloud by day. You have a fire by night. You have a river of living water flowing through you. But you must surrender. You must surrender. He's not going to stay there. He's not going to do that. So the question becomes, what do I do? How do I do this? It's very easy. Do you want your life to change? Do you really want to walk in the Spirit? If the answer is that, say yes. Yes. Lord. Yes. Yes. Lord. Yes. Lord. Yes. yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, your will be done. Yes, Lord. Surrendering to Christ isn't just receiving Jesus as Savior. Like I said, it's receiving him as Lord. You need to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on, give him a shout. Yes, Lord. You want to receive the promises of God? There's thousands of promises of God in Scripture. But all the promises of God are yes and amen. amen. Yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For all the promises of God in him are yes and in him amen, amen to the glory of God through us. God promises to strengthen you. God promises to give you rest. God promises to take care of all your needs. God promises to answer your prayers. God promises to work everything out for good. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God promises to be with you, to never leave you nor forsake you. God promises to protect you. God promises freedom from sin. God promises that nothing can separate you from him. And God promises you everlasting life. 3,000 promises of God found in the Bible. Take hold of the promises. Those are yours. Those are what he gives you. As a child of his, take some of those, meditate on them, remember them, pray for them, pray with them. And as you do, you will watch how God will respond to your faith 
by fulfilling the promises in your life as you walk in the Spirit. God will fulfill those things. One more time, 2 Corinthians 1, 20 and 21. For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ has anointed us in God. Proverbs 3, 6 says in him, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Amen. Not me. I'm not going to direct your path. God is. The Holy Spirit is going to direct you. I may have opinions, but I'm not the director. The Holy Spirit is. I've often had counsel with people, and they've asked, what should I do? What should I do? And I would say, well, this is what Scripture says. But you need to spend time with God. Let God tell you what he wants to do for you. Because God will answer you directly. No two people have the same situation. No two people have the same problems. No two people have the same issues. And God deals with each and every one of you differently. But God would never allow one of his people to be deceived. If you're on your knees, if you're seeking God's face, and we have a group here, and I know some of you do this at home, but they're praying every morning, and they're on their knees, and they're seeking God's face. And we're praying over one another. And we're asking God to pour out his blessings upon them. To God, one another. Amen. And God will respond to that. Hallelujah. God will respond to that. But God says he will not allow his people to be deceived. But the world is very deceived. I was listening to a preacher preach. He was talking about the Antichrist. And he was talking about how he, people believed that they would recognize the Antichrist the minute he comes, and they would be able to stand up against him. And he says, look, in this country, you're being deceived so easily. I mean, you're talking about women having the right to choose they could choose not to have sex, then they wouldn't have a baby that they got to murder. Yep. Amen. You're telling six-year-olds they have the right to choose what sex they are, how they want to identify themselves, okay. and you're allowing it. Yeah. You're allowing cities to take away the protection of police departments. Amen. You're allowing all these things to go on in this culture. And then you're saying you're not deceived? Well, you're being deceived. Yep. Now, his people are not being deceived because his people know what he says. They know what his scriptures say. They know what his word says. So he's not allowing his people to be deceived, but the world is being deceived. And the people in it are being deceived. And the ones that the world can take out of here, they're going to be deceived too. Because some people in every church, everywhere, compromise with the world. Mm -hmm. Well, it's okay to do this. Everybody does it. It doesn't make it right. Amen. Not in the sight of God. Amen. Just because everybody does it. This is what God's saying. I will not allow my people to be deceived. You may choose to walk in the flesh rather than in the spirit and walk away. You have the ministry of the Holy Spirit Amen. to be with you every day, Amen. every night, 
to guide you, to protect you, to hold you up, and to be there to resist the devil with the Holy Spirit. Nothing can come against you. No weapons can be formed against you. If you are strong in Christ, if you're walking the way you should be walking, Deuteronomy 1.21 God speaking. Look. Look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. As the Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you, do not fear or do not be discouraged. This is God telling you, there's the land of milk and honey. There's Canaan. There's your promised land. Go and take it. Verse 26. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. The Israelites didn't trust God. They didn't trust him at all. So not a one of them, except Jacob, or Caleb and Joshua, entered the promised land. The rest of them never saw it. Three million laid out in the wilderness, never saw the promise of God because of their disobedience. Don't be like the Israelites. Don't be disobedient like that. God tells you to do something. God promises you something. Take it. Amen. Yeah, there may be a little battle. It may not be that easy. But if God promised it to you, he's going to deliver it to you. Amen. Amen. Don't miss the blessings God has for you. Amen. In Malachi, they talk about opening up the windows of heaven and just letting the blessings pour out if you're obedient to God. Amen. But if you're not, that window's shut. And total obedience is tough. It really is. It is a, it is a battle. It is a, it is a continuous thing between you and your flesh. Because you do deal with idolatry and those other things of the flesh. You see it in the offering plate, people will put in that it's a tithe. But if that's 10% of what you're living on, some of you are living on dog food. I mean, really. I mean, you put in, yeah, this is a tithe. The tithe is supposed to be 10%. If that's 10% of your increase, praise God for keeping you going. That's not just here. That's in every church everywhere. Amen. People are people. People don't change. It's just how obedient are you to God? Come on. What are some of the principles God's men measures your obedience? And one is tithing. Other is attendance. How many times do you come into the church? How many times do you come into my house? How many times do you make reasons why you can't do this? Or you can't do that. What kind of servant are you? Jesus, what did he say? I didn't come here to be served. I came here to serve. And he proved it by washing the feet of his disciples. Amen. I mean, washing the feet of his disciples. I remember one year we, we had kids wash the feet of their mothers. We lined the mothers right up with little pans of water. And the kids got on their hands and knees and washed their mother's feet. Amen. It was more remarkable. It was remarkable. I've been in ministers' meetings where we've washed each other's feet. Different ministers washing each other's feet. It's just a sign of humility. Amen. It's a sign of obedience. You're saying to God, I trust you. 
I believe in you. I surrender my will to you. Because God wants to guide you. He loves you so much. He wants nothing but the best for each of you. I mean, he's got a mansion and the new Jerusalem built for each and every one of you. Amen. You got your own mansion. You can't get a mansion here, but you got one in heaven. Hallelujah. Because that's how God takes care of his people. Amen. God has wonderful, wonderful things planned for you. Don't miss the marvelous rest that God knows. The peace that God, the peace that's beyond all comprehension. All understanding. I mean, when you can go through a crisis, or what you consider a crisis, and each of you knows what your limits are, what you call crisis, but when you can do that, and you can be at peace, and you can find rest in where God is delivering you, that's a great thing. Don't miss out on that. Don't miss out on what God has for you. Walk in the spirit. Resist the devil. Amen. I mean, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to help you. Never hurt you. The Holy Spirit will never lead you out of God's will, but straight into God's plan for your life. I mean, I don't know. Had I listened to God before? But I'm listening now. I'm doing whatever he's asking me to do. I'm going wherever he's taking me to go. I mean, I look back on some of the decisions I made. And some I've made. Some decisions I made without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. I mean, that some of them even went smoothly for a little while, but then they ended up being a disaster. Others were just a total disaster right from the get-go. But let me put it to you this way. You all know what a bee's nest is, right? A nest of hornets? You know what they look like? The bees swarming everywhere. All around you. Well, some of those decisions I made in my life, it was like I just fell into that nest. And those bees just came all over and I was getting stung in every direction. And sometimes that's just the way it is. When we let our flesh guide us. It's like we just fall into a bee's nest. A nest of hornets that just swarm and sting and nothing seems to go right. For a long time now, I've let the Holy Spirit guide me. And I haven't had it fall in those. The enemy tempts me. I face spiritual battles, as do a lot of you. But God says, I'm not going to let you be deceived. You're mine. The enemy's not going to get you. But you've still got to fight that battle. You still got to fight that battle. You need to walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. Do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I mean, the flesh brings temporary joy at best. God brings everlasting peace. Submit to God. Scripture says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And it is so true. He will flee from you if you resist him. Let's stand. Let me ask this question. Do you want to fulfill the destiny God has planned for you? Do you want to fulfill the destiny God has planned for you? You want to walk in the authority Christ has given you. Yes. Then just say yes. 
say yes. If you want to come down to the altar this morning and let's say yes to God. God, I know you have a plan for my life. God, I know you have wonderful blessings you want to pour out on me. And sometimes I don't always follow your ways, Lord. But today I'm going to make it better. Today I'm going to follow you. Today I'm going to follow you, Lord. I'm surrendering my will to you. I'm giving up my flesh. I'm giving and receiving your spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. your blessings. Yes, Lord, I want your plans for my life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, yes, Lord. Wash and Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you. 
Holy One of Israel, we worship you, O God. We worship you in your throne of grace and Just a reminder, next Sunday is our 14th year anniversary, so we're celebrating 14 years. And next Sunday night at 6 o'clock, we have the one house service with all the campuses from Ohio like we did before. So I'm going to dismiss you if they want to continue to sing, that's fine. But God bless you all. Have a great week.